Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in to another edition of Brewcast. we got a fun one for you here today. It's been a minute since uh, we've been together, but that's all right because we're pushing through summer here. Getting ready to go. we got camp starting up next week. Looking forward to it. Lot, lot, lot to get to here today. Lot from the Big Ten Media Days. Anthony was doing some traveling. We'll get into that. But first, guys, how we doing, man? Good to talk with you guys. Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani joining me, Luke Yardi, as we've got another show, Brewcast. What's going on, guys? Doing great. Uh, it's it's. I, I feel, you always hear people say when they get back from vacation, oh, I just feel so refreshed. And it's kind of it's corny as hell, but I legitimately was just like off the grid uh, for most of last week and then had you know was off in general for nine to ten days i'm legitimately like refreshed and ready for whatever's next uh, so yeah uh, it's good to be back good to talk to you guys uh, i feel like the season the, the soft opening to the college football season sort of took place last week which there's a lot to discuss from it uh not surprisingly at all when jim harbaugh opens his mouth. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be back and, uh, chatting with you guys. And, um, I feel like I have some clarity on a lot of things, uh, heading into the season. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be back, obviously. Um, you know, it's been a few weeks and these are, uh, big 10 media day is, I don't know. It's kind of like the first day of spring, 
where it doesn't actually, it's not exactly spring. It doesn't feel like it, but it's kind of symbolic and it gives people hope that football is right around the corner because it is. And, uh, you know, more and more stories are coming out about, uh, you know, previewing college football. And it's, it's an exciting time. We are, we are right on the precipice of, uh, a major, the, the big blow up that's going to be the college football season. I think we're all excited for it, obviously. So, uh, you know, the big 10 media day and we'll, we'll talk about it. There's uh, a lot of stories coming out. Some are definitely in, more intriguing than others, but um, now, like you said, with Harbaugh being back uh, at the mic, people like to talk about what he has to say. And we're definitely going to talk about it today as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think this might well, be an episode two where we sort of get a little bit real because if anyone like is in tune with the cop, some of the comments that were made, um, there's definitely a discussion to be had here uh, on, on a variety of levels, but, but most notably the one that you guys are probably thinking about the most. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, we're we're jumping right back into it. There's no uh, there's no babying into it. That's for sure. Well, first and foremost, Anthony, tell us about your trip, man. You were, you were around the map. You were in Madison, Chicago, man. Tell us what you were up to. Uh, yeah, uh, just spent last week with some family in Minnesota um, and decided to drive uh, because that's what I wanted to do, I guess, for some reason. But yeah, I was through like five states, all Big Ten states, like in the last week or so. Um, you know, and I made it to point. I made it a point to stop. Um, on Big Ten campuses when I could. Uh, I drove, actually drove, I just got off the road before we recorded this, so I drove through Evanston today. I stayed in Madison last night, was checked out University of Minnesota over the weekend, so um, all great campuses, and you know what, they're all like, they're all pretty similar to Ann Arbor, all pretty cool cities too, so um, excited to maybe get back to some of them this fall. I'm not sure how that will break down. We'll we'll see what happens there, but um, yeah, overall, um, basically, I unplugged for like six days last week, and but I was still like somewhat working. Um, you know, I was reading a lot of preview magazines and just kind of like getting up to up to speed on on what people are talking about heading into the season. And, and I think I sort of have my take on how I see the Big Ten shaking out. And we can talk about this now. We can talk about it later, like whenever. Um, but I, I'm excited. I really do think it kind of rolls into what I think one of the first points that we were going to talk about today was, is that um, for whatever reason, whatever reason, I think heading into this season, my biggest takeaway is I I do think that Michigan is the best team in the Big Ten, and I expect them to win the Big Ten. Um, Is this a mistake? Am I setting myself up for failure? Apparently (laughs) it's not just me because you look at, you know, I know Trevor was down at Big Ten Media Days for us, uh, thank God for that, because I wasn't as in tune to it uh, as I usually am. Uh, but it's not just me picking this. Like, and this is the first time that they've really been picked to do this since what? I, I think 2000, whatever it was. I thought they said it was like 10 years ago or 2010 or something. I forget what which one it was. But um, am I nuts here? Like, I, I, I still, I see those big games on the schedule. I still have my doubts they'll win them, but like the expectation doesn't change. Like, am I crazy here for feeling this way? 
Wait, no, I, I want to backtrack real quick. You say like 2010, like Rich Rod? Era? Dude, I don't know what it was. Maybe like, it was 2012 or something. I, think, I would think I would think 2007 would probably be the earliest when they started about, preseason number five. 2016, they were, you know, they were favored by some people. I mean, no. oh, were they, I thought I thought Ohio State was still favored that year because they had uh, JT Barrett and everything. Yeah, I can't remember. 2007 though would probably be the last like consensus time that they were. It may have even been like 2012. I don't well. know. Um, I'm just throwing out a number here because, like I said, uh, it was something – There, it was qualified with like the first unanimous preseason whatever. Um, a lot of people expect them to win the Big Ten, and I don't know if it's me buying – like I, I think I f- found myself coming to this conclusion before um, any of these polls were released, but um, I th- – don't think in theory I'm crazy, but I'm kind of interested in your guys' thoughts. Uh, not just sure. you know, me coming to this conclusion, especially after all the things I've said, but uh, really. I was just going to say, I want to bring that up because uh, you could go back to uh, one of the pods, probably post-Ohio State, and you vowed you were never picking Michigan in a big game well, And again. I'm not even picking them to win any games. I'm just saying I expect them to win the Big Ten. And if they don't do that, then, you know. <laughs> that's that's a them problem, not an us problem. Because at this point, everyone's kind of expecting that. You know what I mean? Right, right, absolutely. And and that's the thing, man, is that Michigan, I think they do have the best team in the Big Ten, or at least, you know what, I think Nick Baumgartner put it really well in, in his article. They have the least amount of questions. You know, like if Urban Meyer was still at Ohio State, uh, you could argue Michigan's roster might be a little bit better. I don't know if you do argue that because there's so many um, question marks, I guess. But like Ryan Day being there, because we don't exactly know Ryan Day for an entire season what that is. You know, there's still question marks, but there's a ton of talent on that Ohio State team. Like, that's the thing. And my biggest concern is Michigan's had a lot of good, you know, teams under Jim Harbaugh. You know, three out of four years, you, they've been pretty good, but. They've struggled in November every year. Every single year they've struggled in November. Even last year, when you think about it, I mean, the game before Ohio State, the Indiana game, they struggled to win that game. They've struggled. They struggled in November 2016, lost to Iowa and lost to Ohio State in November. Like the November struggles are real with a Jim Harbaugh coach team, and they have been since he's been at Michigan. And that's the one thing that gives me pause. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if the guys get worn out throughout the season. I'm not 100% oh, we, sure, but the November struggles are real. I mean, we know what it is in the biggest games that they've played. They, they've gotten conservative. And I think that that defense right. has worn down. Um, I think it wore – This was an, an example of this was not only did it wear down last year, it completely fell apart, you know, in the really the last game, game and a half of the season. And then you can tack the bowl game out of that as well. Um, you know, I think in, I did a radio hit late in the week and I think I kind of came to this conclusion. Like, I think that this team, they've never really had problems moving the football offensively, but I think that they will be able to kind of hit on a few more big plays and not like, not expecting them to turn into Oklahoma or, you know, whatever insert potent offense here. Like, a lot of people are saying, oh, Shea Patterson, uh, he's 4,500 yards and 50 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Like, let's be careful with all that stuff. But, like, I just feel like – like, I think that when you bring up that Nick Baumgartner statement, that is probably the most accurate way to put it. Um, it's more more of a – I'm interested to see how it all goes down as opposed to, like, Ohio State. 
new head coach, new quarterback. Like everyone for like, here's the other thing. Everyone hypes. Everyone keeps talking about how overrated Shea Patterson is. And I'm not necessarily Michigan fans, but uh, people in general, but like, what has Justin Fields shown to this point that he's going to be some, you know, he's got enormous shoes to fill uh, replacing Dwayne Haskins. And like, I think from a skill set standpoint, he may project to being a better play, quote unquote, player long term. Um, but for as many people that talk about how overrated Shea Patterson is, when you, know, you turn on the tape and and he played pretty good football last year, I I won't call it great. Right. I think the, there's definitely potential for more. But why are why why is Justin Fields not being called overrated? Well, because really, if Ohio right. State takes off, it will be because of him. But he hasn't shown that he can do that to this point. And it's like, dude, people are going to point to the fact, oh, he's the number two overall, you know, quarterback in his class. Like Shea Patterson was the number one quarterback in his class. Like you can get into the scores, the two forty seven scores, everything like that. I don't know the comparison. I think Justin Fields is a little higher in that regard than Shea Patterson was coming out of high school. But people act like Shea Patterson is just like trash or something like he put up decent numbers in an offense that was not at all suited to his skills yeah. and he was still really good like and they, if if this offense yeah, they, is anything like we expect it to be like he's gonna be fine yeah, and they added a few wrinkles to that last year but he was still the reigns were pretty much still on there and like i've said like there's a good chance he makes a hell of a lot more mistakes this year but knowing that he has big play ability like and people have said He's never won a big game, but like he was playing at Old Miss before in the SEC West. Like you're just, I know that they recruited well there, but um, maybe he's just not like he's good. He's a good quarterback. He's I, he's not great yet. He hasn't shown that he's a great quarterback. He hasn't shown that he's a you know people attach too much to the the five star rating and, and whatnot. But um, he's way more he's way more of a known commodity and a proven whatever than that what ohio state has so uh, that's just it, the interesting part of that take is people say that he's so overrated but really i mean it's i think he's extremely probably properly rated by most like level-headed people the people who overrate him are the wackos right well i mean that's 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 the world of college football and college football fandom is that you know when you have a guy in uh your own conference like Dwayne haskins was a year ago for ohio state Unless Shea Patterson uh, is putting up, you know, video game numbers like that, all of a sudden half the world, or you know, however many people out there, automatically say, "Oh, he's overrated. He stinks. He's terrible." Shea Patterson was damn good last year. Um, should he have been better? I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, better by virtue of the fact that they could have won, you know, more games. Sure. Um, I don't put a lot of that on him. Um, you know, obviously we talked about them being overly conservative. Um, which obviously played a factor. Now that's, I think, part of the reason, and I understand what you're saying about Justin Fields, and I think you're probably right, but I think a lot of people, even without Urban Meyer, are giving Ohio State the benefit of the doubt uh, and, and are under the belief that, because, I mean, Dwayne Haskins hadn't done anything up until this point uh, last year at this time, with the exception of coming in and having played you know, two drives against Michigan where he did look quite good. Um, and he came out and put up, I mean, arguably the greatest 
you know, single season by a, uh, a passer in, in the history of the Big Ten. Um, so I think people are kind of giving Ohio State the benefit of the doubt and Justin Fields the benefit of the doubt because of, the, you know, the, the, the school he's playing for, whether that's fair or not. Uh, well, one thing you guys brought up about Michigan being, uh, you know, the favorite in the Big Ten, and it's not, it's not surprising to me. Um, but I, I don't, I can't say I necessarily agree with it. But the one thing that surprised me more, and, and I don't put a p- bunch of stock into this because it changes all the time, and I think it's kind of silly. But ESPN's percentage rankings of you know teams most likely to win the Big Ten, Ohio State is fourth. Which to me is 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 absurd. Uh, I mean, I and the teams ahead, it goes Michigan, no nope. Penn State, who <laughs> nope. I just don't think they're going to be very yeah. good. I, I think and we we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I think, and I don't think James Franklin's a bad coach, but I think Penn State lucked into two generational talents and Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley, and. I think without them there, we already saw them last year take a step back without Barkley. Uh, this year without McSorley, I think they're going to take another step back. And Tommy Stevens, who was going to be their quarterback, is in the transfer portal. So I think uh, I don't see that. And then I think Michigan State was third. Will Michigan State be better? Sure, the defense will be elite. But, I mean, they, they had a, a historically garbage offense last season. And the what what you've said before, Anthony, is they they rearranged the deck chairs on the on the I can't I can barely say it rearranged the deck chairs on the Titanic, hoping that things are going to work with the realignments of the coordinators, and that that's a big question mark. So uh, I'm surprised that Ohio State is being doubted. I, I don't know if I can really use that word, but um, you know, as much as they are, um, I think they're still until somebody knocks them off the um, you know the the pride of the Big Ten right now. Yeah, I mean, it's unfamiliar territory for Michigan beer, but I agree, Chris. Like, how can you just how can you count out Ohio State at this point? Like, I uh, I thought last year Michigan was a better team than Ohio State headed into the season. To be quite honest with you, for what you pointed out, Chris was Dwayne Haskins was somewhat unproven, and he made me look like a fool. You know, like I'm not I'm yeah. not going to sit here and say like Michigan's definitely going to beat Ohio State because. And year to year, it doesn't matter. Like last year doesn't have an effect on this year, but just for me, until I see it, like I can't expect it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, I'm not doubting them at all. I mean, I I really do think, regardless of of any of this, once again, I think the Big Ten is going to come down to that last game, that last regular season game of the year. Uh, That's just kind of how I see it playing out. Um, As far as in general, I mean, I did, I did kind of sketch out how I see um, the Big Ten going. Like, I do think at the top it'll be Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. Uh, I don't see Penn State finishing higher than third. I think them and Michigan State will kind of duke it out for that third spot. Um, Michigan, as bad as Michigan State's offense is going to be, they might wind up with not only the best defense in the Big Ten, they could have, like, the best defense in the country. Like, they are that good. Um, if they're just yeah, even yeah. somewhat below average offensively, like that team's going to be a problem. But I, I have my doubts that that'll be the case or not. Um, uh, from there, the rest of these probably shakes out as it normally does. Some combination of Indiana, Maryland, and then Rutgers at the bottom. Um, the West is a little harder yep. to predict. Uh, going through the West, um, I think that – well, I have two takeaways. 
and none of them have to do with who I think will win. I think Iowa will win, will win the West. Um, they actually have a chance to be like, I think really good again too. Uh, but Wisconsin and Nebraska are two teams that fascinate me. Um, Wisconsin has Jonathan Taylor. That's it. That's the thought. Like that's literally all they have. Yeah. Um, I think Northwestern is a better football team than them. I think with how Minnesota finished the year last year, they they have a chance to be a better football team than them. Uh, Nebraska, I think they're, I mean, I'm not sure this, like a lot of people think that Nebraska has a shot to win the West and really most of these teams, and I won't even say not Illinois, like Illinois would have to come out of nowhere to do it, but I think they've got a good quarterback there now, which is something that they've, that they've needed there. Um, they're not going to be like quite as terrible as Rutgers will, but they might put a scare into some of these teams and, and, uh, Purdue is a factor too, but Nebraska, I still kind of think is another year away. Um, it just feels like they need one more year before they have that, whatever they rip off that nine and three, 10 and two season. Um, you know, I think that, but they didn't play in a lot of one score games last year. So if they flip the script at a couple of those, they're right there in it. So. Um, the West is going to be a lot of fun to watch because I really do think that outside of Illinois, any of those teams could win the West. And and they're, I mean, is it is it going to be fun or is it just going to be like dramatic? Because I think there's still going to be a lot of bad football. Being well, I mean, fun from like it's Big Ten football. Uh, you're going to have a lot of like shitty yeah. noon thirteen <laughs> to ten games, like. I was I was gonna say some of those some of those ESPN two noon games are gonna decide decide yeah. that division yeah for sure um, but I mean I, I do think whoever comes out of that division though is it's not gonna be a scenario where whoever comes out of the East just like absolutely demolishes them like regardless of Michigan Ohio State Michigan State I don't think any of those teams are that good to just like completely blow out the team from the West like sixty to fourteen. Like I just don't see that this year, but um, we'll talk. We, we'll talk preseason stuff like down the line. I know we have a lot to talk about today, but um, on my, I keep calling it my Big Ten Vision Quest. Like those are just some things that I jotted down on paper as I'm like getting the ball rolling on preseason stuff uh, with the site. So, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we've, we've definitely got a lot of preseason stuff uh, coming up in the coming weeks. I think they report to camp ending next week or early the week following. But uh, we're almost back to it. And with the Big Ten Media Days um, happening, Jim Harbaugh, he, uh, he does what Jim Harbaugh does. He makes headlines, man. People love to talk about what Jim Harbaugh is talking about. He, got, uh, he said a lot. We're going to start with the Urban Meyer comments because – 
for me, it's a non-factor. Like it's it's a nothing sort of thing. I agree with Jim 100%. He didn't say anything new. He didn't say anything that the same writers asking him about, you know, his comments didn't write about exactly. He said, guy had a phenomenal record, which he did. Guy had controversy everywhere he went. Not necessarily true if you count Bowling Green or whatever. I don't care. But since he's been a prominent head coach in Power 5 football, uh, yeah, controversy has followed. Like, that's that's a non sequitur. Like, it, it means nothing to me. It's it's factual statement, nothing else. Yeah, I threw this in the rundown, but yeah. I honestly don't have anything to add. Like, it's the only people making a headline out of this are the, people's who, the people who need to make headlines right now because – they're not really smart enough to write about anything else. Like quite like I'm just gonna be blunt there. Um, I I it's this is a non-story. Yeah, I'll say I it's it's a non-story. I will just say I think as a guy and, and look, what everything you said was was factually correct. It's just as a guy who's had. <laughs> I guess, and I'm I'm putting it lightly here. His struggles against uh, Ohio State, and especially against Urban Meyer, um, to say that, I feel like maybe you should have a little bit more self awareness there. I'm not saying what he said was wrong, but I even all I said after he said that comment was like, "Wow, I don't see anybody reacting to this to this at all," and which was obviously sarcastic because I, I just knew once he said it, whether factual or not. People are going to have a strong reaction to it, and the, and as much as I kind of wish he would avoid, st- you know, staying out of the mud sometimes, even if he is spitting facts, um, he's not going to change. So moving yeah. on. And the one right, the one yeah, thing I will say agree. is people keep saying, "Well, would he have said this if uh, he wouldn't have said this if Urban Meyer was still there?" You know what? I think he would have because he's never been shy about going after. Uh, I mean, what Nick Saban. Um, who had the was, – was it Butch Jones and Mark D'Antonio? Remember they were going to meet for lunch or something or, or whatever it was. Like if he felt like – he just – I don't – this isn't him being squirrely about it like and being salty. Like to a certain extent, yeah. And from a human level, it probably is always going to chap his ass that he was never able to beat that guy. Um, but it is what it is. Like yeah, there's salt there. There's salt from him. There's salt from us. We, we worry so much about – coach like coach college football coaches in general can just be so like sterile and not say or reveal anything and we ask them to have more personality but then when you have a guy who is a little more frank and has personality and yeah he's a he's a weird guy like i think he would probably even tell you that like when you have a guy like that then people say oh well he's a wacko or or, god he just needs to keep his mouth shut like i don't under like I don't understand. I mean, I do understand the human race sucks, honestly, but I, don't, I just don't understand why, <laughs> what people want from this guy. He's it's, it's gotta be incredibly irritating. And I totally sympathize with, um, you know, not wanting to, to speak to the media at all. I honestly am way more concerned about the quarterback comments because I am confused. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, which I, I can't imagine that you don't, he made a comment uh, during Big Ten Media Days that Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey um, are both going to see playing time sometimes at the same time. Is this going to be one of those things where they both line up in the backfield and they run a read option like an RPO or something out of the backfield and either one could take the snap sort of thing? Like, 
I don't know, man, but I, I don't think this ever works. You know, like this is similar to like Justin Fields at Georgia last year. Like it, the stuff, it just doesn't work when you break up the flow. We saw it at times last year. Joe Milton came in for a series against, I can't even remember against who it was, just out of nowhere. It's like, what, what the hell is going on? And I don't know. I, I'm very, I'm much more concerned about this than this Harbaugh conference. Uh, honestly, can I don't want to, again, I'm still in the pro- like still in the process of catching up from everything, so you can correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm out of line or if you need to add something. Like that's fine. I won't get offended. Um, my interpretation of the whole playing two quarterbacks thing is that um, I think in his like football guy brain, he hopes that like they blow everyone out and that both guys will get a chance to play. Like he'll just. Shay and the guys will take care of business and Dylan McCaffrey will come in and finish it out. Like from a, from a football guy point of view, like I think that's kind of, that's what I put into those comments. I think it's silly uh, of course, because it's not realistic because they're not going to blow out every team this year. If they do like, well, you might have something special there, but um, this didn't bother me as much as it has other people. I, I get the concerns about um, breaking up the flow, but uh, if, if Josh, like I'm, I'm I think I, it's weird. The thing, the thing too is, I'm a little more confident if Josh Gaddis has a package for this than I would have been. Like, okay, uh, this Tim Drevno and Jim Harbaugh are gonna give Jabril Peppers the football in the backfield, and every time he's going to run the ball, he'll never throw out of it. He'll never do anything else. Like, I'm a little more confident if that were the case in that regard. Um, but this is another statement of his. Where again, we're talking about it here, but. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it because I think at the end of the day, um, what my eyeballs have seen, not only when we saw spring practice, we saw limited action last year. Uh, Shea Patterson is the better quarterback. And in, in order to put to, in order to put someone like Dylan McCaffrey on the field at the same time, you have to take a Donovan Peoples Jones off the field, a Tariq Black off the field. A, um, a Nico Collins yeah. off the field, a Nick Eubanks off the field, a, a Sean McEwen off the field. Like, you see what I'm getting at here? Like, um, it makes, to me, it makes no football sense. But at times, uh, we've seen them art, outsmart themselves. So um, I guess it's one of those things where you just kind of have to cross that bridge when you get to it. But um, unless Dylan McCaffrey has taken some big step uh, in the last few months, which is possible. Um, I, I think the majority of the show will be Shea Patterson's. I don't know if we're going to see many of this um, two quarterback stuff. And uh, if you see a second quarterback on the field, it'll be him either replacing the starter due to injury or because you're way out in front or the third scenario, which is you're way behind. Yeah, I, I agree more with that. Uh, Harbaugh said several things kind of, this or during this off season about, you know, it's an open competition. We might play quarterbacks at the same time or I, I don't know. I, I think it gives me oh, as much as I don't like the whole, you know, bring like what Luke just said, it kind of throws off the rhythm rhythm when you bring in or the flow, when you bring in, you know, another quarterback and run some variation of a trick play where they have them in the backfield or something. But it does show to me, and it's one thing Michigan has done very well since Harbaugh has been there, that there is depth, that I think they have a lot of trust and belief in uh, Dylan McCaffrey, 
whether or not, and, and I think they, they firmly believe Shea is going to be the guy, you know, to start for the entirety of the season. I think if that doesn't happen, that then we're kind of in trouble. Um, but they do have belief that Dylan McCaffrey is still going to be uh, a vital part of this team, whether he's on the field or not. Uh, so that, that that's kind of all I took from it. I think sometimes Harbaugh just says some shit. Uh, I don't like, I don't really, I can't put too much stock into this. Um, you know, he was asked about it. He gave an answer and people are kind of, you know, interpreting it however they want. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I don't take much out of it. I think it's probably, I would say it's more good news. Yeah, than And my final thought is that I didn't hear the comments. So like, but I have to imagine it was more along the lines of who knows, we might play two quarterbacks at the same time as opposed to, yeah, we're going to play two quarterbacks at the same time. Like that's how I take yeah. that. Uh, if, well, I mean, first of all, Harbaugh has never sounded like that. That's why, like, you can't really get a read on it. He said right. it, he said it in the very classic Harbaugh way, completely monotone, and you get nothing. There's like literally no nonverbal contextualization that you can get from it well, he's, whatsoever. He's, the classic also, Harbaugh. Like, har- they should just call him Harbot. Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> exactly. Literally, if if you would have typed it into like a speech thing, you know, you can go yeah. and Google and it'll like talk. You just type in something like that's we, that's we exactly what it is. That's exactly what it was. At the same time, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. Also, uh, this was weird and kind of thrown out of nowhere, or at least to me, it was out of left field. Something about playing a game on foreign soil. I am confused by this i don't understand how it would work i don't understand why any college football team would give up a home game in a non-collectively bargained situation like the nfl has uh but potentially michigan could be playing a game overseas apparently yeah this i figured this would come eventually with with soccer teams coming to play games at the big house um with all the foreign trips they've been taking like this doesn't shock me at all how are they going to make it work i have no idea um, who could it be against? I have no idea. And the first one that popped in my head is, oh, they're going to go to Ireland and play Notre Dame. That would kind of be cool as hell. Like if you did it, if you did it, that'd be dope. Like in the slot that that, um, whatever that Australia game is, like two weeks before the season actually starts. Um, I guess I don't have a problem with that. My problem is that my problem lies in taking away a game that could be played in like mid September or like mid to late September where it's starting to cool down and it might be a big game on campus. Like you just, you kind of lose that, the atmosphere, um, especially if it was against a Notre Dame, like part of what makes what? these games so awesome is that you're on, like you're on a campus and you, you're go, you walk through all the tailgates and stuff like, and we're going to get to something about ticket sales that I think is absolutely ludicrous a bit later on. But um what further proof that do you need that like college football is just a money making machine that they they just want to? But how do they justify? Like, how could any athletic department justify giving up a home game to go overseas? Like, yeah, they're making money hand over fist with TV deals probably, and a lot of other you have games, a fan but... base like Michigan's and a lot of let's just let's call it what it is. Like, there's a lot of rich people that went to Michigan. They'll probably pay 150 to 200 bucks to sit in the nosebleeds at like. Um, I'm just throwing a, here's just a, an example, like Wembley stadium, like 
those people will pay that, and they'll probably fill the stadium because there's enough of them around the world. And if it was Notre Dame, there's enough ri- of those rich alums to do that. So, um, again, yeah, it's it's a money making opportunity. At the end of the day, like the universe, like why would you give up a home game? Well, you're probably you may make more from ticket sales because you're not paying employees, you're not paying people there, you're not using your own infrastructure, you're not um, you know, paying people hourly to run parking lots and things like. I, I'm just talking out of my ass here. Honestly, that's the only thing I can come up with. Um, I just, I know that they want to provide all these unique opportunities to like their student athletes, but like at what point is like, can't we just kind of do this trip in the spring? And like, that's all fine and good. And kind of be done with it. Well, that's, that's true too. Like, why don't, why not play the spring game overseas? Like you mentioned soccer games coming to the big house. As far as I know, those have only been friendlies. Yeah, you know what? Like, I, I honestly don't know how they could do it and even make it interesting because that that just for me, and I'm not like I wouldn't consider myself like the average fan or, or what. Like, I, that that just the idea of that does nothing for me. Honestly, I don't know why that's even exciting to to talk about. It, it's I don't know why they'd want to do that other than you know. There used to be a take that when when Jim Harbaugh was doing all those satellite camps that oh Jim Harbaugh will go play on the moon if he, if he had the opportunity to. I actually think that if they could physically make that happen, he would like to do that. Um, I, yeah, this is where I, I also sort of think that college football and and the power that Jim Harbaugh has at Michigan because this really does this comes off as a Jim Harbaugh idea and it could be a Ward Manual idea. I'm sure he would have input in it too, but um, it's like his playground. Honestly, it's a little bit weird in that regard to me. Um, it's just we don't get that many Saturdays in Ann Arbor at the big house or wherever, whoever would lose a home game for that. Those Saturdays are what, six or seven Saturdays out of 52 weeks out of the year. And to lose one of those is just so goddamn disappointing if it happens. Like it really is. I don't know how else to put it than that. Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't feel as negatively about it as you guys do. Um, then again, I don't, I don't really go to the games, so I, I guess I I'm just indifferent towards it. Like, sure, go ahead, play a game overseas. I I, I is it a bit silly? Yeah, I mean, but a lot you know a lot of what goes on in college football, I find kind of silly. So uh, it's it's whatever. I guess I, I I yeah, I think it's more of a, a Harbaugh thing than a player. Like, I can't. I don't think that there's a player really who'd be like that amped. To say like, or who really? I, honestly, I bet if you asked most of these players, would you rather play a game, another game in the big house, or play a game overseas? I, I think a lot of them would probably say, "Oh, we'll play in the big house." You know, it's where they signed up to play, or where they signed Bingo. up to play. So, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever yeah. towards it. Um, I get why people aren't huge fans of it, but it's just I would it, be, it, I would be much cooler with it if they do go to Ireland and, and play Notre Dame. You know, using your like hypothetical, that, but Notre Dame has to use that, the home yeah, game. That, feels like right i think you know like that feels like okay i can be on board with this um yeah but the thing that bothers me like it's either going to be a big opponent like like let's just say it's a wisconsin or a penn state or, or a notre dame probably I, I would guess it's it would be a non-conference opponent that's what, that's what but, I was gonna so say, it's either yeah. going to be a really like kick-ass opponent or it's going to be a meaningless opponent, which will just make it like even just so much more boring, honestly. 
Imagine like if Michigan was playing Middle Tennessee State in like England or London or something. Like who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, like we're trying to get the Europeans into like our sport here, yet we send them like in that scenario, you'd send them Middle Tennessee State. We send them like the Buffalo Bills, like in the NFL. We sent, I mean, the Jags and the Bills, yeah, baby. I mean, we did send them the Yankees and Red Sox like a few weeks ago, which was kind of yeah, that was that's kind true. of a joke, honestly. But uh, hey, Major League Baseball, we don't need to get into that, but. Um, yeah, overall, I guess I don't really care. Um, hey, you know, in a scenario where I'm covering the team, maybe I get an all-expenses-paid trip somewhere. Probably not. But, like, you know, it, it just – that idea just does not – you can't tell me that student-athletes are, like, the the ones that benefit the most from that. Like, you, you just can't. Like, that's just another example of, like, college, big-time college football just being a business. Like, if you're going to do stuff like that – just to seed from the NCAA, become like a semi-pro league and like pay the players. Honestly, because that's just that's gimmicky like pro sports stuff. Like college sports, it's supposed to be like Americana and apple pie and all that, you know? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply well finally Jim Harbaugh, he also made waves in a uh, not-so-good way, as perceived by most. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was talking about transfer rules. Uh, I don't have the exact quote here, but went on to say pretty much, you know, just paraphrasing here, that some people and the lawyers are involved in this, you know, telling some of these kids that want to transfer because they need a reason for the NCAA to give a waiver. Let's start. We can paraphrase like what preceded that though. Like Jim Harbaugh is proposing a one-time no yes. penalty transfer where you're immediately yes. eligible, and then if you were to transfer after that, um, you would maybe lose a year. I think. Okay, continue. I th- I actually thought that that was after this whole thing. I'm not but, sure. Uh, it seems like he brought this up a few times. I think he brought it up on radio, and then brought it up or either a radio or a podcast, and then did the presser, and then in the scrum or a radio interview brought up uh, the most controversial, uh, controversial bit of all of it. So, yeah. Well, I, cause he pretty much, he, he said, you know, some people are, you know, faking that th- some kids are faking that they have depression or something like that to, to get the NCAA waiver. Um, and that caused an entire storm of, you know, bad press and everything like that. And I think it was, unfortunate that it got to that point i understand his point if it's true i don't know if it's true i'm also 
nowhere near qualified to, um, I guess, judge who has depression, mental illness, anything like that. Like that is completely out of the realm of my expertise. That is something that I don't really have a lot of experience with. Um, I know it affects a ton of people. I could never say, no, you don't have depression because I don't have the qualifications for that. You know what I'm saying? But I agree with Jim Harbaugh's point that the NCAA doesn't have those qualifications either necessarily to either grant or not grant a waiver based on that. So Jim Harbaugh's point about give it a one-time free transfer in case something like this is occurring and a player wouldn't have to prove that they have depression if they do have depression. Like, I think that's a fantastic thing. Uh, I think his, his point got misconstrued a little bit. I think he kind of put his own foot in his mouth sort of thing. I think he kind of lost what he was saying as he was saying it. You know, one of those instances, I think his point was a fair one. I think he presented it poorly. I don't know what you guys think. Um. Do you want to start with this, Chris, or should I? You go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. I have a few thoughts on this, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I've literally done like 13 hours of driving in like the last four days. So I, I, I think that, yeah, it, the message, the core message that Jim Harbaugh put out there of the transfer rule I think is an excellent idea because we're kind of there right now. Anyways, like we we've hit college free agency is a thing now. Like it, it really just is. Um, and it's a shame that there are legitimately guys that feel in over their heads at their program. And like, I don't know what the answer is in terms of mental health. And then the thing about it is whether it's being properly applied to someone's situation or not, once someone cites mental health as a reason they're leaving, you can't really question that. Like, you just can't. Like, that's kind of your – I don't want to say get out of jail free card, but um, it kind of is in this case because there there have been players that like – and I'm not here to speak on other people's mental state, but am I really to believe that like someone like Tate Martell – left Ohio state because of mental anguish, as opposed to knowing what we know about the kid and his personality that he just didn't want to have to compete for a job or be a backup quarterback. Um, there are situations like that and I'm not picking on him. Like it's just only one I can kind of think of, um, you know, there are also situations where I believe that Justin Fields cited that. Uh, and again, it's not, these are both Ohio state situations. I'm not picking on a program. They're just the first ones that come to mind. Um, there may have been some sort of racial thing, I believe, that was involved in Justin Fields' explanation. Um, there are certain things you can't really question. Like you just, it, it, it's it's un, it's uncomfortable to talk about. Now, I will say this: like mental health in college sports needs to be something that we're talking about more, and, and something that kind of needs to be overhauled. Because just from a human standpoint in general, think about a time where. And we'll use the athletes as an example. Like from the time you're a kid through all the way you're a high school athlete and you're, you are a freaking superstar. Like you are a stud at every level. Everyone's kissing your ass. You're great. You're the best. I'm going to go play at this school. And then you get there and not only is everyone probably as talented as you are, there might be kids who have been through a bit more and have a better work ethic or are more maybe well-equipped to compete. Um, and when you realize that your best isn't good enough, I don't care if you have a, a mental health 
um, you know, if you, I don't know how to put it. Like, I, I don't care if, if you have anxiety or depression or what it is. I mean, I do care, but what I'm saying is like, when that situation happens, that's hurtful to someone who even may have some sort of undiagnosed issue. Um, so I, I think as an onboarding thing, like I think these college programs can do a lot better job of kind of, it's almost like you were concierge to like, okay, you're in college now. Like you kind of have to come to, we're going to work on coming to grips with the fact that you are no longer the superstar that you were being hyped to be. Because for more guys than not, that kind of ends up being the case. And a lot of the transfers that we see are guys who may have hurt feelings or who are really genuinely mentally anguished at the fact that um, they are in over their heads signing with this school because they didn't, they didn't realize the opportunity that they thought they would have was going to be so hard to work for. And it's not selfish of someone to transfer in that scenario. Like something you, that, that we as really a society need to learn, like if you don't feel good in a situation, you should be allowed to get out of that. And if, you know, early on in a a athlete's career, like mind you, they're still teenagers. If they, if they feel like maybe this situation wasn't the best for them, you shouldn't be penalized for that. Now, if it becomes a trend and you're transferring, you you want to transfer every single year, that's more of a you problem. So that is, I think, kind of my take on mental health and college sports in general. Is that I think that these programs can do a better job of not only onboarding these guys, but hearing them out and, and listening to them. And and I don't, I you know, I know there's been a lot of, quite frankly, there's been a lot of bullshit out there in the last few days of you know, what Michigan does, like Jim Harbaugh doesn't care about mental health. Jim Harbaugh doesn't, Michigan doesn't care about the mental health of its players. Um, when you hear what the guys that have played in that locker room say, um, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And the other thing about it is a lot of these discussions take place on Twitter and that any conversation revolving mental health or, or anything as nuanced as this, um, Twitter's not the place for that. Literally anywhere else you can go than Twitter is like fine with that. Um, <laughs> you know, because t- to me, I, I know there was Del- Darren Ravel's comments, and then you have people. Because um, when thing, anytime Harbaugh says anything, and we saw it all last week, the the Urban Meyer stuff, the 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 mental health discussion that we're having now, most of the people that are kind of going after him on this, you'll notice, kind of already has an axe to grind against him, anyways. And that's not, I think, what he said. And the way he presented it was uh, a misstep. I do. I think that could have been handled a lot better. But, like, it is an important discussion to have. Um, and I, I really would just caution people against, in general, like, this is just general advice around controversy and discussing it on social media anyways. Like, when you sit there and you take the bait and you get into some kind of pissing contest, like all it really does is make you look insensitive to the topic and it really just makes everyone look bad and it does nothing to advance it because then it becomes, you're not defending what the cause is. You're defending the coach of your favorite sports ball team. So that's right. You know, I think that's just good practice in general. It's just like, I don't, social media should be fun. Unfortunately it's not because as I stated earlier, the human race, like the asteroid just needs to hit soon <laughs> with, 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 with a lot of way the things are heading. But um, no, I think we can be better. And, you know, if there's a, it's, you're, you're not going to change anyone's opinion on, on 
that type of social output. So I think it's a lot more. And if you guys have thoughts, like let's talk about it here. But I think a forum like this is a lot more appropriate to have a discussion than whatever I can blast out in 280 characters in a couple of tweets. Right. Well, uh, very well put by both of you guys, I guess. Uh, what I kind of wanted to add to this, and you brought it up a little bit, Anthony, that what bothers me more isn't so much the comments, uh, comments themselves as much as the response to them by certain people. Um, because mental health is something that has very much affected uh, my life pretty much for as long as I can remember. And when I first read Harbaugh's comments, I was I was taken aback a bit, but like a mildly educated person would do, I looked into what he was saying, and I immediately came to the conclusion that I, you know, I was pretty sure um, what he 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 misspoke, or maybe misspoke isn't the word, but didn't uh, didn't choose his words correctly. And one thing I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but one thing we we forgot to bring up. He did, if not apologize, put a statement out saying, look, that's not what I meant to say. I wasn't trying to to accuse anyone of faking depression. I was just saying in this one particular instance, this was something that was rumored to have happened. And I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but um, I think I think he misspoke. I think he said something that he probably wishes he could have back. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he very much cares about the players who come through his program. And say what you will about his success, but you don't recruit the way that Jim Harbaugh recruits, and you don't get guys who come and go through the program uh, with as much individual success as they've had without having a good relationship with your players. Um, now, the I I love college football, but this time of year uh, of college football, the off season of college football has the ability to drive me nuts. And it's because of stories like this. When Harbaugh came out and essentially apologized for what he said or corrected what he said, the story should have ended there. It should be a non-story at this point. But I think I, I am disheartened by people's responses to this, not using what he said as a way of trying to advance talking about mental health in this country or mental health in the NCAA, if you want to just narrow it down to that, but using it as a way to promote their own personal team or to disparage a football coach that they didn't like and holding up Harbaugh's comments. And this was, and I'm going to point to rival fans here, obviously, and they know who they are. Uh, and it's not all of them. It's not even most of them. But, but I was, like I said, I was disheartened by what I saw on social media, people holding up Jim Harbaugh's comments, like some scarlet letter and saying, look, Oh, look at this. Jim Harbaugh doesn't care about people with depression. I'm so glad he's not my coach. When was the last time those people, I would really like to wonder when it was the last time those people actually gave a thought, about mental health in this country at all, or about what what uh, uh, NCAA or college students uh, struggle through with their own mental health problems. What what they what they really are trying to do, or what they really are trying to say, is that they miss football so much. And when they see a story come about, even if it's something that shouldn't be a story at this point, they try to hold it up and make it into something it's not. This story should have ended several days ago. But last night, we got Darren Ravel going at it with Josh Gaddis on Twitter. And look, I like Josh Gaddis. I I have no issue with him at all. I don't blame him for standing up for his, uh, for, for his players. You have Darren Ravel, who I think well-intentioned, does annoy me at points, I'm not going to lie, uh, going at it like they're 12 years old. And, and it's like, I think it gets away from the real issue and it gets, and I think it's, it's 
really watered down what could have been a very nuanced, like you said, Anthony, uh, well-intentioned discussion about mental health and has turned it into this guy who I don't like because he coaches a football team I don't enjoy watching or I don't root for said something that I can now use as a talking point to promote me saying he's a terrible coach or a terrible person. Uh, That I find disappointing. The comments themselves it's in the past. I, I really, I, do, I don't think it's that big of an issue. I really don't. But I think it's one of the problems that Harbaugh opens himself up to this, in fairness, uh, that when he does open his mouth, people, and it seemed, it was like this with the Niners, but especially since he's come to Michigan, uh, every, every time he opens his mouth, people try to make something out of it that it's just not. I, I think if you really, if you really want to go into the type of person Jim Harbaugh is, uh, you'll find a guy who, yeah, is a little bit strange. You know, a lot, a lot strange. But is not this evil mastermind that sometimes people portray him to be. Uh, or I, I think in gen, you know, he's a family man. He's a he's a he's a football coach. Any person who coaches at any sport at a major level has to be a little bit crazy. And I I think in this particular case, people just took these comments and, and are 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 using them as a way to try to push this anti-Horbaugh agenda, not that, to say that there is, you know, some movement to get him fired or anything, but I just, I, I think this is I, I a do whole think, lot th- of I nothing. do think there is and a I movement really- to make him look as bad and as dumb as they possibly can because people hate Michigan, and they say, yeah. look how dumb this idiot at Big Dumb Michigan is. Like, that's, <laughs> that people jump at that opportunity. It, it's always going to kind of be that way. Um Right, and a, a lot of this has to do with the success or lack thereof on the field. I, I think Which that is also Harbaugh's, total horseshit. I, I won't say, oh, dude, completely, completely. And, and I think Harbaugh, while his his job security is very is very set right now, I think that his reputation as a great coach or his legacy is on a little bit of thin ice with the way things have gone in his first four years at Michigan and any possibility because there's not football being played right now, but people miss it so much. And I understand that, but any possibility to try to add to that uh, potentially diminishing legacy, people just, just flock to it and and it's silly. So that, that's what I have to say about it. Um, I, I think we all, you know, kind of put a nice book into this uh, i don't really have yeah. anything else to yeah i don't i don't have much of a segue anthony I mean, anything I else i kind of do have a final at? thought i mean a few things one let's just talk about the transfer stuff and the idea behind it is great like that that a big time like he's the only big time coach out there that is even mentioned like he is like kind of the poster boy for that now which is awesome like i think that's being a beacon for change like that's good because I think that does serve the players when a lot of these coaches are against that. Um, at the same time, I think that the second half of the statements or, or these other half of it of um, insinuating that players have maybe faked it. Um, that's an inside thought that doesn't need to pop out because let, let's be honest, like Agreed. both thi- we both of these following statements can be true on one hand mental health in college football or college sports or just in our society period. That's something that we do a really shitty job as a country, as a society of taking care of at the same time, people also do take advantage of the fact that we do treat that with kid gloves and don't question that in order to maybe get out of a commitment that they didn't, they, 
they decided after on they didn't want to be a part of. Um, it's sad that it has to come to that because that might be I, that might be ten percent of of all transfers that a kid just kind of lies about it or or makes it up or just uses it as a way to get out of there because no one's going to question it because no one adequately polices and takes care of this issue. And it's a shame. It is a shame because, again, the one the one bad egg can ruin it for everyone else. Um, both of those statements can be true. We have a problem, but it is being taken advantage of. And I don't think any way he could have – like we can say that. I don't think there's any way he could have articulated that without really just getting pooped on for it. Um, so I'm probably just not even – I'm not even saying that. And you know, from a PR point of view – Anything like that, like we ask for coaches to have more personality. Like that's one of those things where like, you know what? That's fine if you don't have personality there. If you want to be a little more jovial in post-game pressers and crack jokes, like it's like you're set, you know, Seinfeld at the beginning of his episodes or it's open mic night, that's fine. But there are just some things you don't touch. I mean, like politics are, in my opinion, one. Religion is one. Um, those are Public forums are not the correct forums for that, unless you are attending a political rally or a, a religious rally or a, you know, a mental health. I mean, um, seminar. Like I, I think the the core issue is good that he's advocating for. I'm not I'm not touching anything that with any lick of controversy because you have to know if you're him and you have to know if you're, um, you know, Michigan Athletics sending him out there that. People are going to jump at whatever he says. The own beat, his own beat doesn't him. So um, I don't want to say it's a non-issue. I it would just you just have to choose your words a little more wisely. I, I don't think that it's it's not like Urban Meyer at Media Days last year where it was just a complete a complete an absolute joke, like the lies that were pouring out of his mouth, and that was against sort of PR's wishes. It kind of sounds like, but um, you know that this is being blown up. Um, not to that level, but is even this big a talking point? Just it really just goes to show how how hard up people are for content. It really does. Like we didn't even we didn't even yeah, like exactly credit to our staff. Like we didn't even touch it. Um, I don't know if that was due to um, just not wanting to touch it or whether we decided not to. I mean, I, I had told people not to touch it. It's not even. I don't find that sort of controversy like it's not it's a non-issue. It really is. Like it's a non-story to me. Um it's a discussion to be had, but you know, if you it does not need to be part of the 24-hour news cycle. Like let's have a conversation about it. I'm just tired of all the hot take flinging and things like that. Like I'm just not going to do that. Well. That was good good chat, guys. I I enjoyed listening I to you guys. Like I like I said, I'm not really qualified in that area to really talk about. I don't know enough about it, but uh, it was good to hear you guys' uh, takes on that. You know, I think that's a. I'll be honest. I, I wanted to. Uh, I kind of want to touch on the Pat Fitzgerald comments. I don't know if you guys still do, but that was a that was a pretty good, pretty good discussion. I don't know if we want to like go somewhere lighthearted and maybe you know, take away from that or if we want to end on something lighthearted because that was a pretty deep conversation. I don't know what you guys um, want to I do. I mean, we don't have to have a discussion about Pat Fitzgerald, but I do have quick thoughts to share on that. Um, I will say I am 
incredibly in disagreement. So let's let's touch on it real quick. I'm going to just say this. Pat Fitzgerald, for those of you that don't know, he went on a big speech. He was asked why college football attendance was down. He went on a big rant about phones, 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 phones. It's always the phones. It's always the millennials. Do you guys know what the face value ticket price to Michigan, Michigan State was through the Michigan ticket office online single game ticket? Do you know what the face value ticket was? Uh, I do not. $190. And but it's the phones that are keeping people and away. And that's the thing yeah. that I have the biggest issue with is that anything – and I tweeted this out um, on the drive home. I was tweeting and driving. My bad. I just saw it when I was in a traffic jam. Um, that to, to blame lack of ticket sales or, or how attendance has changed on that, to have your answer be anything but because parking and tickets are too expensive – it's just such that's that's I'm sorry that's insulting, quite frankly. Uh, because first of all, here's how you know that's bullshit. Because, and mind you, I know he played you know Northwestern's a much smaller venue, but if you go to a game at Michigan Stadium and you're in the stands, you can't even get a cell signal. So first of all, like that just doesn't carry any water with me. Um, but let's just like let's say it's not Michigan Michigan State. Let's just say you're going to. $75 for any $75. Bucks. Let's say you're a dad and we'll just say a family. Like you're a dad and a mom. You want to take your two kids right there is already what? 300 bucks just for tickets. Then you're going to pay $40 to park on the golf course. And then you're going to eat. You, the kids are going to be hungry at some point. So you're going to have to buy a seven or 800 or seven or 800. Jesus. Uh, no, it's not that expensive. A seven or eight or $8 hot dog. The five dollar fifty cents pop, like for a couple hours of entertainment in what most likely will be a two or three score game, you are paying an upwards of like five six hundred dollars, like for a family. That's ridiculous, and that's like, why would you? It's great to be like honestly being at games live. I prefer that. Um, I'm fortunate with what. Yep, fortunately, I do too. Fortunately, in, in our line of work, so to speak. We get afforded a lot of opportunity. We are credentialed. Like, please don't take our credentials away. But I've been fortunate to be at a lot of those big games, to be in a press box. But with the knowledge that, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, people are probably paying three, four hundred bucks a ticket just to see the little ants on the field from like row ninety or whatever, however high it goes. Um, and there's also that part when you're in the stands, dude, it, the TV commercials are out of control. Like when you're there, when you're in the stadium, timeouts and TV timeouts in particular are extremely yeah. boring. Like it's incredibly boring in the stadium. Like you said, you can't get cell service or anything like that. Like college football game, the average college football game last year was three hours and 24 yeah. minutes. That's longer than the average MLB game. Like it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's again with the core mess. Like, go listen, go watch that clip, and just like ignore the fact that it's about ticket sales. And I, oh, he actually I made some good points. Every point yeah. there, like I, there were times, there are times where I, I'm in a situation, a social situation, and I legitimately feel disgusting that my phone is out. I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, I look like such an idiot right now. So that's. Again, it kind of goes back to like my vacay last week. Being able to unplug for a bit was awesome because, like, I just I felt like my thoughts were clear and like all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, as a society, yeah, we have a cell phone problem. I don't think this is a forum to get into all that, but um, you know, 
That's not the reason college football to suggest, down. Like, just attendance in general in sports. Like again, it's a sports. At the very least, you're not going to go to a game by yourself. You're going with someone else. And if like you're talking about, I'm sorry. Like when you we talk about spending hundreds of dollars to be entertained for a few hours, like I, I think you could do a lot better with that money. Quite frankly, because with HD, with you know. You got bars with good food and be, like you can't even buy a beer at the stadium. So like if you have a bar with a big TVs and good sight lines and lots of good beer and food, like quite honestly, like if you don't have to be at a game, why would you ever want to be? Like you have like that perfect experience now, and it's great to be there and be a part of that atmosphere. I'm not saying it's not, but um, you know, to suggest that it's anything other than cost. And maybe even to a certain extent, pace of play. Once you start talking about commercials and then like a game like baseball, um, I'm sorry, that's just insulting to me personally. But I might be in the minority there. It seemed to be going viral, and all the boomers were going, "Ah, yes, someone finally said it." Yeah, I never understand that. And this is all I have to say about. It. I just I never understand. Like I see people from like our generation retweeting that. It's like you don't act like. What are you talking about? Like you're 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 exactly what Pat Fitzgerald's talking about. So <laughs> it's 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 whatever you know. Yeah, I understand why I went viral. You know, I like Pat Fitzgerald, so I'm not really no, going to rip on his comments. comments. That much, I yeah. just don't agree on that. Yeah. as a society, like as a societal thing, I agree with him. Like we're on our phones a lot, and I'm as guilty as anyone, no question about it. Uh, but it's not the reason. People aren't going to college football games. I would love to go to more games. I just can't afford it, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's there. Sports in general is pricing fans out of the experience, and they haven't they haven't changed the in stadium experience. Like they haven't adapted to the consumers. You know what the consumer market is now, and that they blame the consumers. Yeah. It is. It's so dumb. It is so utterly stupid. Yeah. But. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyways, we, I could go on this for a lot longer, but I think we're in a good spot yeah. to like cut this off. Absolutely. So I will say it, it was a good show. Good to be back. I'll let you guys uh, let us know when we find you on social media, Chris. Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani 2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O one four. Uh, you there, you'll find the link to my YouTube page as well. Just posted a, uh, Review for the 2019 Lion King, which I know a lot of people are mixed on. Um, you, you can find me on Instagram as well, Chris Castle 95 the C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please uh, give me a follow on all those platforms. I'd much appreciate it. Anthony. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. A lot of preseason content rolling out now. Uh, got the staff. Uh, we're all pointed in the right direction. A lot of good stuff coming out from everyone. Um, like I said, follow, follow us at mazenbrew.com. Follow our show at Brewcast Show. Um, trying to think what else. It's been a while since we did. Oh, yeah. Wherever you can find podcasts, literally anywhere you can find podcasts that uh, we're there uh, iTunes, Google Play, all of those things. So uh, check us out. Give us some feedback. Uh, if you have any suggestions for things you'd like to hear or an itch you'd like us to scratch, uh, we'll see if we can do that for you. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore G underscore FSM. Give me a follow. As Anthony said, give us a follow on the Brewcast Twitter page at Brewcast Show. And we're coming up, man. We're getting close. It's almost football season. Best time of the year. For Chris Castellani and Anthony Brew, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next time on Brewcast. Brewcast.